Amen. Now, if you guys were here on Wednesday, you were so blessed by Pastor Nicole because she got up here and she talked about the church and why it's important to be a part of the church and why it's important to be here. And I'm going to kind of go off of that. So, Abby, if you could put up 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Now, we've also been looking at 1 John a lot with Pastor Brian. In 1 John 4, 7, and 8, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now, in my life lately, this has been something that has been very, very key. Because there are people in my life that don't know God, and I had been getting frustrated with their responses. I would approach them with love, and they wouldn't come back the same way. And I, w I would get so frustrated. And I'd be, I, I would go to Nicole, and I would go to Brian, and I'd be like, I don't understand why this is how they're acting toward me, and why this is happening back when I'm sowing love, and I'm sowing love. And so this Thursday, in youth, we kind of looked at this. And I had asked everybody that was in there, say something that you love to do. And Deb was happening to help me on Thursday. So Deb told me that something she loved to do was to go running. Okay, so for those of you that know, Nicole, Deb, and I took a running class together, <laughs> which was a great time. Um, Deb did great. Nicole did great. <laughs> I was there. So <laughs> Deb explained to us that at this class, she learned how to run. The class was instructional and then we would go out and do it. So the first 30 minutes were, or yeah, were of the teacher telling us, okay, so you start off and you start walking a minute, running a minute. And then when you can master that, or if um, you have faith that you can master that and then you're bare it and then kind of pass out, you, you might be able to do better. But when you can do that, then you walk two minutes, run two minutes, run two minutes, walk a minute, cut down your walking, keep running. And so as she was telling everybody this, we had the kids up front and I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, now now that Deb has taught you how to run, who, who thinks, speaking of Deb, hi Deb, I'm talking about you. Now that Deb had explained to us how to go running, I had asked the kids who thought that they could actually go and run 10 miles because that is how far Deb could run. And they all were like, yeah, we could probably do that. And Kristen, Kristen's over there going, well, if I had water and I had snacks in between, I could probably run 10 miles without stopping. But here's the thing is that if you just hear how to run, if you just hear what to do, you can't go outside and just go run 10 miles from nothing. You can ask myself and Nicole. We did a great job. But... The difference between Deb and myself is that, well, we were both in the same class. We were both hearing the same material. We were both being taught the same things, but one of us was putting it into practice in our lives. They also informed us that it would work best if you would go outside and actually do it. What a novel idea. So if you would go outside and you would actually walk a mile and then run a mile and walk a mile, whatever, then you could build up that endurance. And I wasn't doing that, and Deb was, which became extremely evident at the 5K that we then did, where Deb completely finished at least two and a half minutes ahead of, I, of myself. And I came in at the end kind of huffing and puffing and wanting to vomit and then collapsing on the side of the road with Pastor Brian and Nicole being like, you did a great job. And Abby being like, Barry, you look really red. And... <laughs> There is the difference is that Deb put it into practice. I didn't. 
And it's the same way in the church. It's the exact same way when we come in here. See, Pastor Nicole on Wednesday, she taught a whole lot about why it's important to be here, why we need to be here, because we need to sharpen one another. We need to build up ourselves. We need to come in and learn about God so that we can take that and empower others so that they can change the world, and that's fantastic. And we can hear that, and we can be sharpened by that, and we can leave here all powered up to do that. But in actuality, when it comes time to do it, who's doing it? See, if we're in here on Wednesdays, if we're in here on Sundays, and Paige is hearing the word, and Brandon's hearing the word, and George is hearing the word, and Sharon's hearing the word, that's great. You're being given the same information. You know, you're being given the same information Jesus had. I'm being given the same information Jesus had. Whose life looks like Jesus? See, we are given the same opportunities that he had. He was surrounded by people that didn't know God. And he took every opportunity that was given to him, that the Father gave him. And so thousands and thousands of people were brought to God. Look at all the seeds that he planted. Look at his ministry. Look at all the healings that took place, the miracles that took place. It was amazing. And that's because he didn't shy away. He put into practice. He worked his muscles. He worked his spiritual muscle. The word of God says that we're all given the same measure of faith. So if I have the same measure of faith that Jesus had, why am I not seeing the same thing? Why is my life not looking the same way? When I've examined it and I've asked God about it, he's like, baby, you're not working it the same way Jesus did. You're not living it the same way he did. And that's not to condemn me, but that's just saying, look how much you can grow. Look how much more there is for you. Look how much more there is for your life. So Abby, if you'll put the verse back up. At the end of that, it says, The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Okay? So let's think of all the people that are around you on a daily basis. Your coworkers, family members, friends. If they don't know God... Have you actually shown them? Have you actually been working what you've been taught? We hear the word repeatedly, repeatedly. This is one of the only churches I've ever been in where love is preached so highly. It's esteemed so much, and that's fantastic. But are we doing it? I was telling the kids on Thursday, there's this guy that I work with. And what's really cool about my job is that at any point that I've been there, there are four of us that work and three-fourths of the people in that place have loved Jesus. That's phenomenal. That's like a 75 percentage rate, and I don't know of another place that it's that high, except for church and even then still. But there's this one guy who doesn't love God. Yet. He will. And so when I started... I would really annoy him <laughs> because I would be talking to him and I would, like, he would come in and he would cuss up a storm and I'm like, really? That's, that's not necessary. You can calm down. Go sit, go do a lap around the building and you're fine. And that went over really well because he's like 65. So, uh, as I'm 25, that went over really well with the 40-year age difference. But God continued to provide me with opportunities where I could either love him or not love him. And if I didn't love him, he wouldn't know God. 
See, he has people in his life. His son-in-law is a pastor. But from how he's acting, he's never been shown the love of God in a way that's changed him. So I had the opportunity, I continue to have the opportunity to work out what I've been taught. And it's a choice. It's not this thing that all of a sudden you love Jesus and bam, you're going to have Jesus times where you have 5,000 people and all of a sudden two fish and you have thousands of fish left over so you can feed Albemarle. It's you have to choose whether you're going to have faith in God or if you're going to allow the world to crush that. So there have been times where... This coworker has come in and he's cussed up a storm and I've wanted to throttle him. And I'm like, this is super unnecessary. But it's a choice of whether or not I'm going to love him. And so I was telling the kids that there have been times after time after time where I had to stop and I have had to completely pray through the entire situation. And there have been times that I've missed it too, where I've actually gotten all up in arms. I'm like, okay, you need to sit down. I was not walking in love. But see, here's the cool thing about the Holy Spirit is that he corrects what you're doing. So not only is it a matter of taking the opportunities that are presented, but also being humble when you miss it. So this man that I work with, I worked there for about a year and he would barely talk to me. He didn't seem to really like me, but I would keep working at it and working at it. Just like I do with the kids here that don't seem to like me, they'll like me eventually. Azela actually came up and hugged me, so I'm working on it. But <laughs> I, I won't forget, it was on my birthday, or a couple days before my birthday, and he and I were working together. We had to go get a car in Salisbury. I work at Enterprise for those two of you on live stream that don't know where I work because you don't follow me on Facebook. I work at Enterprise and it's a dandy time. So we had to go get a car and we had to go to Salisbury. So we're driving and it's about an hour drive and we're in separate vehicles. And I happened to get there 20 minutes before him and I was at the office by myself and we had to get back to the office because nobody else was working. I had like 20 people scheduled to come in and get cars. We didn't have cars, so we were going to be driving around all day. And this coworker is taking 20 extra minutes to get there, which means that we're going to get back to the office like 30 minutes later than we needed to. We have a whole line of people. And in my head, I'm like, I can't wait for him to get to the office because I'm going to punch him right in the face. And I can't believe that he's just taking his dear sweet time getting here. He clearly must have stopped off and like had himself three Big Macs or something. I don't know what he's doing. And so... This is going in my head. And ev eventually, longer than necessary, but eventually it came up, you need to calm down. You need to love him because you know what? God is love and you can't fix this. You can't change this. This is irrelevant. The time has already lapsed. I will take care of you, but love him. So we came in. And I put myself down. I'm like, okay, well, let's just go. And as we're walking to the car, I joked with him. I'm like, what on earth took you so long? And we get out to the car. He had stopped off on the side of the road because he knew that peaches were my favorite. And so for my birthday, he had bought me a great big thing of peaches. Ever since that day, he came in and he buys me breakfast each morning. He comes in. He'll buy me coffee each morning. He comes in. If he cusses, which is not regularly, he apologizes. He found out George and I were getting married and he's looking up vendors to give to us and he's offering to build stuff for us and he's looking up different things that'll help with the wedding cost and he'll come in and now he will clean up the whole office and he'll do the he'll detail the cars way more than he was and it's not because I did anything it's because the Holy Spirit was able to work through me and he's being shown God's love. Yeah. 
he was frustrated with our boss. And there were times where I would get frustrated with our boss. And I would, I used to vent with him once he and I had bonded over that. And then God was like, you check yourself because the more that you're holding him back from loving her, the more that he's not getting her love from God in his life because she loves God too. And so I went to her and I apologized. I went to him and I apologized to him. And all of a sudden he's buying her breakfast. He's bringing her coffee. And not because he fully understands what he's doing, but because the love of God is getting into his life because you have to work the muscles that you've been given. You have to work the faith that you have. This is what it is to follow Jesus. This is how the world comes to know Jesus because you put yourself down, you let the Holy Spirit move through you, and then the world is changed. So how does this tie in with Wednesday? Nicole preached phenomenally about how important the church is. The church is incredibly important. The body of Christ is incredibly important because we need one another. We need one another. I need Seth to be able to sharpen me. I need Paige to sharpen me. I need Priscilla. I need everybody in this room so that I can be the best version of myself for God that I can be. But if I just do it on Sundays and I just come in here and I talk a good talk and I walk a good walk and I put on this great big front and then I go out those doors and I don't do squat with what I've been taught or with the esteem that I've been given or the encouragement that I've been given, it's all for nothing. Because the world needs this. The world needs a safe harbor. That's what this church is supposed to be. This place is supposed to be somewhere that you can go, and it's sanctuary. It's not just a sanctuary, but I think of the Hunchback of Notre Dame, which probably dates me, and that's fine. But all I think of is, like, Esmeralda walking into the place and, like, singing, and then she bursts into song, and that's fine, and I'm not going to do that because I love you. But that's what I think of is someplace where you're running from the world. You're running from all of this stuff that's following you. And you get in here with your brothers and sisters and you just say, I need Jesus. I need help. I need him today. Love me. Help me. That's what the world needs. That's what the people in this town need. That's what the people in this country need. That's what is needed here. And it won't happen unless we work what God's given us. We have been given the same stuff that Jesus had. The same measure of faith. We all started off with it. We've been given the same muscles, the same sort of mind. We have that. We need to work it the same way he did. We need to put ourselves down and put God higher. We need to be willing to say, you know what? I'm not first. God's first. The world is first. That's what we need to do. We need to be here and willing to say, you know what? Not my will, yours be done. It doesn't matter if this feels good. It doesn't matter if this is comfortable for me. What matters is that there's a whole world out there that needs him, that doesn't know him, and the only way they're going to come to know it is if we show them the love of God. And if we don't show them the love of God, then why on earth should we expect anything back? We should have zero expectation to receive that love back from that person until they come to know the Father. If Sharon didn't know Jesus, and I sowed love into Sharon, and she came back, she was like, you are crazy, I don't know what your problem is, get away from me, which Sharon's like super up, I I can see her doing that. But 
I shouldn't expect anything different because she doesn't know God. I shouldn't expect anything other than that. But I should be willing to put myself down and say, you know what, someday, 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 God is going to get to her. Someday. And you know what? Look to get your love from the church. Look to get your love from your brothers and sisters. Look to give your love in the place that you're supposed to. And so, and so, and so, and put yourself down and put the church... Hmm, I need to calm down because I'm about to start yelling. <laughs> God has such plans for this place. God has such plans for each of you. God has such plans for this town, for this community. They were there when he established the world. He's like, Seth, you have a role in this. You have a huge role in this. Brandon, you have a huge role in this. Nancy, you have a huge role in this. It's not going to get done unless we all put ourselves down and love God more. It's a choice that we have. It's the same way for you on live stream, wherever you are. You have a choice to do this. You have a choice to love God. You have a choice to put the kingdom in its ways above your own. And then watch how quickly the kingdom's ways become your own ways. I know for me, when I learned this, it was really hard. Because all of a sudden, all of these memories of times where I didn't do this came up to me. And it was really difficult to deal with. Because there were times I did this when I was leading a youth group in Maine. And I wasn't doing this with the kids. I would put my needs over the kids. I wasn't showing them how to live in faith the way that they should. I wasn't showing them. And maybe it's not in ministry. Maybe it's in your own family. There have been times in my own family where I haven't done this, and it's so difficult to realize that, you know what, maybe it's because I didn't love God enough that they are where they are. And Satan will use that, and he'll try to condemn the junk out of you. He will try to completely bash it over your head and be like, you know what, Deb, it's, it's because of you that your parents don't love Jesus in the way that they should. And that's what he'll do, and is he'll beat you up and beat you up and beat you up if you let him. Don't let him. Because you know what? You didn't know that much love of God at the time. You grow and you grow. And where you are now, you weren't three years ago. So give yourself some grace. Give yourself some mercy. Don't hear what I'm saying and feel like junk about it. Hear what I'm saying and get empowered because this is what God wants to do with you. This is what God wants to do with your life right now. He doesn't want you to beat yourself up because where you were five years ago. He wants you to look at where you were five years ago and praise him for where you are right now and the opportunity that you have right now to live for him, to witness about him, to love him. Condemning yourself doesn't do anything. And this is a lesson I've had to learn repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly because I look at where I was and I'm like, gosh, I didn't serve you the way that I want to. I didn't do what I wish I could have. And if you let it, the weight of that will crush you. Don't let it crush you. Because God loves you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. He doesn't see you, and he's not mad at you. He sees you, and he loves you so much. And the thing is, is that he sees the world the same way. 
And here's the thing. If I feel that weight, if I feel that sort of burden, and I love him, and I try to serve him as best I can, then imagine the weight of those that are out in the world. They don't know that. They don't know. They don't have that revelation, that understanding. They don't have it. And so they're walking around with all this crap on their shoulders because they don't have anyone in their life that's showing them the love of God and that they don't have to carry it. So bring them here. Bring them not to this particular body, but bring them into into church, into a place where there's love. That's what Nicole was saying. That's why the church is so important because that's where freedom is. That's where you can cut off the ropes that are on you, the chains that are on you, throw off the baggage that you're carrying and run into your dad's arms completely free and uninhibited. That's what the world needs. So don't hear this and feel condemned. Hear this and realize how deeply you're loved and how deeply they're loved. And that is all that I have. Turn myself on. There we go. You know, there's a there's a grace message that's going on right now, um, and there's a lot of controversy in the body of Christ over a grace message. Has anybody heard about that? Anybody? No. <laughs> that's that's because we don't deal in controversy here, and I don't. But there is one, and it's there's a lot of fight over it, and there's a lot of fussing. And I just read an article yesterday, and you know from one pastor to another pastor, to, you know, asking questions and this and that. And what one, one group is saying is uh, basically uh, you have, there's an older crowd of religion that says uh, God's mad at you, he hates you, uh, all of these things. And then there's another side which is a ditch and it's wrong. And, you know, a lot of us grew up in that, you know, seeing God as the big, bad, angry, you know, white guy up in the sky. I mean, really. And, and so, and then you have on the other side, you have, and this is another ditch, that God's given you so much grace that you can do whatever you want to and you're okay. And that's a ditch as well. But the truth of the matter is really in a balance of God loves you so much that he gave everything for you. He gave it to you unconditionally. He's not holding it against you. And what Barrett is expressing and experiencing is that love flowing through to you, wanting to get that love of God to you. And what happens is when that love, uh, when you receive that love, when you receive that love for real, all of a sudden what happens inside of you is you say, you know what, I want to love back. I want to love back. I, I don't want to do those things. I can remember in my own testimony, one of the things that happened uh, with me was I got to the place where uh, I knew the Lord was calling me to do things for him, and yet I was for a while I was running from it and because I, I was scared of the responsibility of pastoring. I was scared of it because I thought you had to be perfect to do it. And I'm telling you, I'm not a perfect guy, not by a long stretch. You know, not even now, not even today. And actually, that, that may relieve you some. You know, I remember Lee one time 
uh, I told her something I was thinking, and it and it wasn't too bad. Uh, what I was thinking about, I was like, I think I told told you that I was frustrated with somebody because they had made a bad choice or something like that. And Lee goes, "Oh, thank God, you're not perfect," you know. And and, and I remember her response on that, and I appreciated that because she saw, hey, if this guy who's not perfect can still go after God to this degree, then I can too. Then I can too. And Paul lays that out so many different times. The, and, and as I went after God, here's what happened. I got to the place I was telling somebody about this. You know, because, um, I mean, I was doing some of this before the Marines, but the Marines like amplified it as far as partying and smoking and drinking. And, and, uh, and I remember one time when I was trying to quit uh, smoking and drinking, and the Holy Spirit said, and, and this was true, obviously, because he said it. He said, you love that more than you love me. You love those cigarettes. You love that, that drinking more than you love me. And, of course, that cut me. It hurt. And it got my attention because I'd been, I'd been dancing around the issue for so long And here's what God was asking me to do. God was asking me to go out here and be a witness and show somebody the love of God. Right? Show them the love of God. But I I wouldn't do it because I smelled like cigarettes or I wouldn't do it because I knew what I did last Saturday night. You know? I knew what I did. And finally, what was happening was I was being prohibited from doing the things that God asked me to do because I love doing that more than I loved what he was asking me to do. Now, that sounds bad, but here's the thing. That finally, that was the final thing that turned the corner for me. Because I went, Lord, I want to love you with everything I got. Now, it took me some time to get there. And God's okay with that. He wants it to be as soon as it can possibly be. And why is that? Because He wants you to be in the best place that you can possibly be in as quickly as possible. He wants you to be blessed. But if you're working through some stuff, just start heading, here's the key, start heading the direction of God. And if you find that you've messed up, you just pick yourself up, dust yourself off in Christ, ask for forgiveness, repent, and head back towards God again. And He's right there to work with you. He says that He helps us in our weaknesses. He's not sitting there looking for a reason to hold stuff against you. He's sitting there looking for a reason to dust you off and put you on the right path and to bless you. That's the heart of God. It's not that that stuff's okay with him. It's that that stuff needs, it's holding you back from who you could be. And, and it's holding people around you back from who they could be. So the question is this, is are we going to commit to him, receive the love that he's already poured out on you? He loves you. I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you've done. He loves you. That, that is without question. He loves you. So receive that. Just just say that with me right now. Just say, Father, I receive your love. I receive that forgiveness right now. And I'm not asking, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, you don't have to repeat this part, but he's not asking you right now to say, I want you to do something before I give it to you. 
You understand? He's already given you the forgiveness that you just asked for. He's not asking you, oh, you better get completely right before I'll dish out this forgiveness. No, He paid for forgiveness while we were still wrong. It's the beauty of the grace. The beauty of His love toward us. What He's asking you to do is simply receive His love. Because He knows when you really, truly receive that love, the power of that love can do something on the inside of you that you could never do for yourself. And see, finally I got to the place where I realized and I received that love, and that love put into action the change that I needed. It was one day when I felt one of the, I felt one of the dirtiest that I had ever felt. And God told me, I said, come boldly before my throne. And it wasn't so he, I could come up there and he could strike me down and kill me and beat me up. He said he wanted me to come boldly so that I would find the grace and the love and the help that I needed. That day my whole life turned around because I realized this is a God that loves me no matter where I'm at. He loves me. He loves me. He wants the best for me. And He'll help me step out of it. So He asks you, receive my love first. And then all of a sudden, once you've received that love, you have received an unlimited power. You have received the love of the Father. God is love. You've received God Himself so that you can step into the things that He's called you to step into. And all of a sudden, now just let His love do its work inside of you. Let His love change you. When you go up and, and you got that decision in front of you, and, and it's, saying, it's saying, hey, I want you to do this. The flesh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this or that. And, and you've got to say, you know what? Because I love God. And I've received His love. I'm going to let Him empower me. Let Him uh, strengthen me to say no to this. And to say yes to Him. Amen? Just say it with me. Say, Father, I receive your love. I change. I repent. I turn from the flesh. And I turn towards you. Lord, I ask for your wisdom. I ask for your insight. I ask for you to enlighten my choices. And to strengthen me. To make every decision that is godly so that I can love on you with your own love. In Jesus' name, amen. What Barrett said is God has a great plan not only for this ministry, but for you. And you're a part of it. God has a plan. He has a purpose. Our decisions put us on that road of purpose or they t- step us off. Just make the small choices. I'm going to stay on the road. I'm going to stay on the path that God's laid out in front of me. And watch as we get united, as we get in unity on that, the power of God and the blessing of God that flows into a place where unity on the heart of God is. Amen? Amen. Father, I just thank you for your blessing. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. Lord, I just ask right now, I just ask you right now, Lord, 
for these things to set up in the hearts and minds of people listening. That godliness would be their only choice. That when they're going after you, Lord, and they, and they stumble and fall, they fall for a deception. They, they, they fall over the flesh's desires, Lord. But their heart is for you that they would dust themselves off, repent, receive your forgiveness, and move on. Don't look back. Don't set your hand to the plow and look back trying to determine how good or bad you've been. Just keep going forward. Father, I just thank you for that strength. And as they move on in you, now it's not just one or two people that are pulling the cart. There's a body. They're all pulling their weight. And the weight that they can move in the spiritual is amazing. Lord, let us take on your yoke. Let us learn from it. And let us be at ease in it. Because you said that's what it was. Your yoke is easy and light. Father, we receive that. And we pull our weight in this world. So that your will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. We praise you for it and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. See you in a few minutes. Thank you.